This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to The Danny Parkin Show. Yeah, we are. Thanks for hanging out. It's The Danny Parkin Show every Sunday night into Monday morning on CBS Sports Radio, Sirius 206, Radio.com Sports, at Danny Parkins on Twitter, coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studio. Rocket Mortgage is with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. Going over my definitive list of teams that can win the Super Bowl, as this is the last Sunday for the next 27 without professional football. In no particular order, I have the Patriots, Chiefs, Chargers, Browns, Colts, Texans, Eagles, Rams, Seahawks, Bears, Packers, Falcons, and Saints as teams that can win the Super Bowl. A lot of people taking umbrage with the Cowboys, some Steelers, some Vikings love out there. We'll get more of your calls in just a minute at 855-212-4227. It's also a weird time of year because what I love about this time of year with regards to football is that anticipation. I sent a guy an email today saying that I'll take uh, two entries in his survivor pool. Got another email trying to figure out when my fantasy draft's going to be. Had another fantasy draft scheduled. Read a big fantasy article today. Already put in a bet on Mitch Trubisky at 200 to one to be the MVP bought that ticket off a prop swap. Just starting to like line up my football degeneracy. It's nice. I like that anticipation training camp. You can keep it all the news that comes out of its injuries. I don't like fake sports sports with no stakes attached to it, but that anticipation this time of year for it being 75 and sunny outside and Your wife wants to go walk around the zoo, and you're like, no. I got to put in three parlays before the noon game starts. Well, let's go earlier. There's a game in London. There's a game in London every week? No, but you don't know that necessarily. It's a really exciting time, the anticipation of football. But one of the things that I hate about training camp beyond the injuries and beyond the games with no stakes is it's contract holdout season. But I don't hate contract holdout season for the same reason that most fans seem to hate contract holdout season. Most fans hate contract holdout season because they're like selfish athletes. There's no I in team. My team has a worse shot of winning. If you hold out for fair and equitable wages in a sport that's shortening your life expectation for my enjoyment where the contracts aren't guaranteed and there's no lifelong pension or health insurance. Oh, this is awkward, but most people don't really think about it. They just think you're getting paid millions of dollars to play a kid's game that I played pop Warner. So don't be so greedy. 
That's, of course, the most surface-level way possible to look at these sort of situations. But it just we should stay out of it. Don't pocket watch. You ever hear that expression? Don't, don't watch someone else's pockets. It's none of your business. They have a union. They have agents. They have collectively bargained rights. Their salaries are public. They know what their coworkers make. They know what their competitors make. And if they feel they are being underpaid, they have every right to exercise their leverage to try to get paid fair and market value because, as we know, as soon as they are overpaid, their teams will cut their ass. And no fan ever has a problem with that. Oh, player X is getting paid 130% of market value and he was hurt last year. Well, his contract's not guaranteed. Let's cut him. Even though he's got three years left on his deal and he's got three kids enrolled in the local school. No one cares about that. Oh, move. You've got millions of dollars. Okay. Well, if the team can cut the player, the player should have some leverage over the team. And the only way the player can do that is by saying, you're not going to have my services. And the team, even in those uh, circumstances, can still find the player because they are technically under contract. I am pro player in basically every sort of player ownership dispute because we are all, for the most part, employees. Some of you might be small business owners, and that's great. Some of you might be the employer instead of the employee, but the vast majority of us are employees, and the world runs on employees. I tune in to watch Deshaun Watson. I don't tune in to watch Bob McNair get richer. I tune in to see Cam Newton and Ben Roethlisberger and Carson Wentz not the Rooney family. I'm just not interested. So I'm going to give you two examples of how players have dealt with the questions of high-profile holdouts that are happening right now in the NFL. Melvin Gordon with the L.A. Chargers, Zeke Elliott with the Dallas Cowboys. And running back, by the way, yo, running. if you're mad at a running back for holding out, you just hate people. Just going to call it like you see it. Running back turnover is brutal. It's the highest rate of injury. Getting to a second contract is the only way they get paid because they don't get a third big contract. And the guys who are young and on the early contracts get run into the ground and get overworked. So Melvin Gordon holding out for the Chargers. Phillip Rivers says about the other running backs on the team. Well, they're going to get a lot of work. It certainly is a deep position for us, and those guys all love to play and work hard. We love Melvin, but we're going to go with what we've got. It's a pretty dang good group, end quote. Now, he doesn't completely bust toss Melvin Gordon, but he basically says, next man up, we got a lot of guys here, and the guys who are here love to play and work hard. That caught the ire of Melvin Gordon, who commented on social media. Tyron Matthew, who's on the Chiefs, was just like, wow, can't believe it. 
generally speaking, players don't love it when you comment on another man's money because they look at it as employee versus employer, player v. owner, employee versus management. They're all a part of the same union. Yeah, the uh, yeah, Tyron Matthews on the Chiefs and the Chargers are a rival, but Tyron Matthew is a player. So he takes up for Melvin Gordon, who's a fellow player, and was surprised that Phillip Rivers, also a fellow player and a leader on that team, seemed to indicate, eh, we'll be fine without Melvin Gordon. So that's how Phillip Rivers handled it, and it seemed to rub some players, including Melvin Gordon, the wrong way. Let's play this piece of audio on how Demarcus Lawrence, who held out, one of the best defensive players, if not the best defensive player on the Cowboys, responded when asked about Ezekiel Elliott's holdout. I got I got something for you. What's that? Let Zeke handle his business and don't ask me about another man's business. Yep. That's it. He was asked if he had any advice for Zeke Elliott. Play that again. The question was, do you have, as someone who went through this, any advice for Ezekiel Elliott? I got, a I got something for you. What's that? Let Zeke handle his business and don't ask me about another man's business. That's how it should go. Don't pocket watch. If you are underpaid at your job and your contract is not a fully guaranteed contract, if your contract's fully guaranteed, it's one thing. That's why there aren't holdouts in the NBA. There aren't holdouts in Major League Baseball. People are like, these NFL players, they're so greedy. Yeah, their contracts aren't guaranteed. So don't go comparing it to your job and my job. If you work in a job, and there are some other than professional football, where your contract isn't fully guaranteed, and you're being underpaid for your services, you should probably ask for more money. That's how it works. So I am always pro player in this sort of thing. But really, we should just stay out of their business. I like knowing what they make. I like thinking about fantasy football, putting on the general manager hat, playing the executive game, franchise mode in Madden as much as the next guy. But Melvin Gordon's got to get his money. Zeke Elliott's got to get his money. And Demarcus Lawrence handled it the right way. Phillip Rivers, it wasn't egregious, but he could have done better. 855-212-4227. We'll get back to my Super Bowl list. Teams that definitively can make the Super Bowl this year. Patriots, Chiefs, Chargers, Browns, Colts, Texans, Eagles, Rams, Seahawks, Bears, Packers, Falcons, Saints. If your team isn't on that list, you can still have fun this year. You can still accomplish some things. You can still make some progress. But I don't think you can win a Super Bowl. Let's see here. Who haven't we talked enough about? Let's stay right here in Chicago. Jim, you're on CBS Sports Radio. Thanks for calling. Hey, Parkins. Uh, I like that 200 to 1 bet on Mitch. I, I hope he wins MVP. That sounds great. Yeah, thank you. So do I. All right, so I want you to put your money where your mouth is on this 19-team field you say is no chance. Let's say I'm your buddy and you're running your mouth like, would you give me 100-1 to odds on those 19 teams? You know, Steelers, Ravens, Dallas, Minnesota, all of them. They have no chance. Jacksonville, Nick Foles has magic. We don't know what's going to happen. If if I gave you $10 right now and I got all of them, would you give me 1000 at the end of the year? 
No, but I'm not in the business of selling shorts either. Like I'm not a sports book. Like the the odds wouldn't be a thousand to one for 19 NFL teams. So if you're if you're getting me on a technicality of is it really a 0.0% chance? I'm, this isn't about gambling. This is about teams that I think have no chance to win the Super Bowl. Like for example, the Ravens are I think 25 to one to win the Super Bowl. They have higher odds than the uh, than the Texans do this year. But I'd much rather bet the Texans than I would the Ravens. I just believe in them more. So like I wouldn't bet the Ravens at forty to one. Now, if you said a thousand to one, yeah, of course I would bet. Or a hundred to one. Well, then yeah, of course it, it, it's worth a roll of the dice. But I'm saying for all intents and purposes, these are the teams that can win the Super Bowl. All right, I appreciate the call. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. Like I understand. Like if you want to make it literal and say there's not a number in the world where you would bet the Vikings to win the Super Bowl. No, of course there is. But this isn't. I'm not talking about gambling here. I'm talking about teams that I think legitimately can win. Troy in Baltimore. Thanks for calling. You're on the Radio.com Sports app, Sirius two hundred six, and CBS Sports Radio. What up, Troy? Hey, Danny. How you doing today, man? Good. How are you, sir? I'm good. I, I'm a Bronco fan, so you know. Uh, but I'm I'm calling to defend for defend uh, Dak Prescott, man. Uh, you picked the Eagles over top of uh, the Cowboys, and you said that uh, Carson Wentz is a better quarterback than Dak. But I, I don't see where you guys own Carson Wentz, and he hasn't done anything yet. But get hurt every year. Well, and that that took Carson, the to the Car- Carson Wentz two years ago, like la- not last season. I mean, although last season he did complete nearly 70% of his passes with a three to one touchdown interception ratio in a shortened year. But if you go back to the, what season was it? Yeah. If you go back to 2017, 33 touchdowns against seven interceptions in 13 games played, he's had a quarterback rating or a passer rating of above a hundred each of the last two years when he's been healthy, like Carson Wentz performs at an elite level. He does not turn the ball over and he makes plays. So I, I haven't seen the high level playmaking from Dak Prescott that I've seen from Carson Wentz, but you haven't seen Dak Prescott carry his team to the playoffs two times out of three years. He played his rookie year. He took his team to the playoffs and battled with Aaron Rodgers and it came down to a field goal while they didn't move on to the next game. Last year when he went, but Troy, but I mean, did he carry that team or was he along for the ride with that team? Like doing it based on, based on QB wins. I mean, Dak Prescott that year that you're talking about, he had the best offensive line in the NFL. Zeke Elliott got the ball, what, 390 times or something crazy like that. Like that wasn't a team that was carried by Dak Prescott. Ball team besides Amari Cooper. Who Say again? On the ball team? Who do he have to throw the ball to besides Amari Cooper? Michael Gallup? Who oh no! La- la- last last year when they got Amari Cooper, they were very good. But listen, man, Dallas. Multiple people have called in on behalf of Dallas. I thought you were you, first. Uh, you talked about a couple of years ago. Yeah, the Amari Cooper upgrade's nice. They they still have Jason Witten's old broadcasting fool self. You know what I mean? Like that. That's not a complete team. And if I'm wrong about Dak Prescott, I'm wrong about Dak Prescott. But he's entering year four in the NFL with the best offensive line, one of the three best running backs, an offensive-minded head coach. Now he's got Amari Cooper, and he still doesn't put up numbers. He's he's fine. 
He's like the 17th best quarterback in the NFL. He's just a guy. And they're going to give him $30 million a year. Good luck. If they do that long term, I will be floored if they ever win big with Dak Prescott. He's just a guy who won a bunch of games early because he was put into a perfect situation. I Listen, I'm a Tony Romo fan. I think Tony Romo is one of the most underrated players in football in the last 20 years. If Romo doesn't get hurt, that Cowboys team is better than they were with Dak Prescott. That was a very good team that a lot of players would have won with, and Romo would have won with them for sure, but Dak just got handed the keys to the Ferrari. So he had a ton of hype early. He has not gotten much better. So if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And we'll see how it goes, and there's certainly plenty of time for him to prove me wrong. But this year, nah, just not enough. Not enough at the quarterback position for them to be there. If you had a top 10 quarterback, the rest of the roster I do think is good enough. But I think there's a huge gap between Carson Wentz and Dak Prescott. Take more of your reaction to this coming up. Also, a weird football hypothetical that I was thinking about before, last but not least, is the Danny Parkin Show, CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Danny Parkin Show. And I very much appreciate you doing that because the Danny Parkin Show is aired every Sunday night right here on CBS Sports Radio, where our toll-free line is 855-212-4227. It's brought to you by GEICO. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. I was uh, hanging out with some people that are in my fantasy league today at a one-year-old birthday party, which is the sign that you're getting washed, ladies and gentlemen, getting a little washed up. But um, we were talking about who the best receiver is in the NFL, and four people had four different opinions. Odell Beckham was mentioned. DeAndre Hopkins was mentioned. Julio Jones was mentioned. And Antonio Brown was mentioned. And that's, you got a case for all of them, right? Like Antonio Brown has the production. Odell Beckham has the per game stats. Julio Jones has the prototype, like, If you were going to manufacture a wide receiver in the lab, it would look like Julio Jones. And DeAndre Hopkins has the best hands in the game. So I I was thinking, like, what would I do if I I would take the Tyreek Hill's speed, Julio Jones's strength, DeAndre Hopkins' hands, Antonio Brown's route running? Like, it's a really, really tough question who the best receiver in the NFL is. I saw. Odell Beckham say he wants to break Jerry Rice's yardage record. And I saw Julio Jones say he wants to get, I think it was 2,000 receiving yards in a season. And for both of them, I was like, yeah, they could do it. That level of talent, Odell Beckham finally having, you know, a talented quarterback who could throw the ball more than 10 yards in Baker Mayfield. Health, help. I mean, Odell Beckham with a great wide receiver and Jarvis Landry opposite him and a big-armed quarterback who's mobile and can extend plays in Baker Mayfield. 
I think Odell Beckham is going to have an absolutely monstrous season. So, yeah, I was thinking about that. Best receiver in the NFL feels fairly wide open. Best quarterback in the NFL, Mahomes is the best bet to have the best numbers. Aaron Rodgers is probably still the most talented. Tom Brady the most accomplished. That one's fairly easy to to splice. Best running back in the NFL. If it's fantasy, I'm taking Saquon Barkley. If it's I need four yards on one run, maybe I'm taking Zeke Elliott. But there's a grouping right there. But these, the wide receiver position felt to me the toughest to come down and say this guy's the best. Like if I get, if you had DeAndre Hopkins, I had Julio Jones, and someone else had Odell Beckham. We all feel real, real good. And I'm not even just talking fantasy. I'm talking real football. Each GM could make the argument that they had the, the guy with the best receiver in the NFL. Let's get one more call in on my uh, Super Bowl list. My definitive list of 13 teams that can win the Super Bowl. Patriots, Chiefs, Chargers, Browns, Colts, Texans, Eagles, Rams, Seahawks, Bears, Packers, Falcons, Saints. 855-212-4227. In Cali, John is on CBS Sports Radio. What's up, John? What's up, Danny? Chilling, man. How are you? Same, same wanted to get in on the Falcons on that one and I'm, I'm grateful that you believe in them as well uh, because I've seen a lot of flack in the uh, in a lot of the mainstream outlets just kind of saying that based off of last year and what you see uh, with the team especially due to injury it just it doesn't look like it for this year as well I'm a huge believer in them I like the addition of Dirk Cutter at offensive coordinator I like the additions that they've made at offensive line, the depth that they have now uh, with them losing two starters on offensive line, losing the starting running back, losing half the defense. I mean, I, I don't think you could throw a single team out there that could really be successful with those odds stacked against them. Now, at 40-1, to 1, I think that that's pretty disrespectful in a sense with a team that's two years removed from the Super Bowl. Um, but I, I'm very hopeful and very uh, very optimistic about what they can do. Um they haven't lost anybody yet. We'll see what happens, and uh, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. I thought locking up Grady Jarrett was huge because Grady Jarrett, Vic Beasley, and McKinley is such an underrated defensive line. Just especially when they're playing with a lead. And you can get Vic Beasley and McKinley coming off the edge and just teeing off, playing on turf like that. That 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 those that DN combination reminds me of uh, Freeney and Mathis when the Colts would always play from out in front. So I just think that that's a really underrated defensive unit when healthy because of their ability to rush the passer. It's not the def- deepest. It's not the best uh, secondary. But pretty good play from in front defense when healthy. And then maybe the best wide receiver duo in the NFL in Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. I know Thielen and Diggs would have something to say about it. I know um, Landry and Odell Beckham would have something to say about it. But I think Keenan Allen and Mike Williams sooner than later will have something to say about it. But that is a top three or four wide receiver duo, serious depth at running back. 
obviously Matt Ryan knows what he's doing and just as a puts up monster numbers consistently in complete control of the offense. I think maybe a little overrated, but if he's considered the fourth or fifth best quarterback and I have him at eighth, that's not total disrespect. But yeah, the Falcons were ravaged by injury. I think they are much better than they appeared last season. We got some really good last but not least stories, so I want to be sure we have plenty of time for it. So we'll get to that coming up. You're listening to the Danny Parkin Show. With time running out, we still have a few questions we didn't get answers to. Danny Parkins gives us his thoughts on a couple of different stories in this week's edition of Last But Not Least. Yes, it's pretty simple. Thanks again for hanging out with the Danny Parkins Show on CBS Sports Radio, radio.com sports. Follow me on Twitter at Danny Parkins. Compile stories that I'm interested in throughout the week for this show that we do every Sunday night. Some of them we can't get to. That's why we want to end you by going rapid fire through some of the stories that interested me. And I also like to turn it over to my executive producer this week, Antonio Grillo. He asks the questions, sets up the topics. I knock them down. Antonio, what do you got first for me? All right, Danny. So first, Team USA Basketball is preparing to play in the FIBA World Cup later this summer. And as they are trying to assemble the roster, out of the 20 original invitees that were invited, nine of them will not play. Those players include Anthony Davis, James Harden, Bradley Beal, Tobias Harris, Damian Lillard, Kevin Love, CJ McCollum, Eric Gordon, and Paul Millsap. They, end up, they ended up having to add some more players to the original 20-man list because of the more dropouts that, that are happening. With that being said, is the fact that Team USA can't really seem to find any players to commit to play and to fill out the roster a really big deal. Well, listen, it's it's not the Olympics. It's the FIBA World Championships. So it's not that big of a deal in that context. But it is eyebrow-raising. Jerry Colangelo is still in charge. Greg Popovich is still the coach. Team USA, it's been a long time since some of the indignities that they suffered with sixth place finish and bronze medal, you know, back in the early 2000s, he revitalized Team USA. So it's noteworthy that the best players are not choosing to play as we're in this era of player empowerment and free agency and maximum earning potential and all of that sort of thing. I mean, they just had to invite to fill out their roster. Jalen Brown, Montrez Harrell, Mason Plumley, Julius Randle, Marcus Smart, and Thaddeus Young. I mean, that's probably the core of a playoff team in the East. When you add in their other star starters, it surely is with Kemba Walker and Donovan Mitchell and Jason Tatum and Chris Middleton and Harrison Barnes and Andre Drummond and P.J. Tucker and Kyle Kuzma. But, like, that's not a juggernaut. That team can definitely lose. I thought that Kendrick Perkins had the best possible thought on this. Team USA should extend Carmelo Anthony an offer. There's arguably no player since the Dream Team that has meant more to Team USA than Carmelo Anthony. Kobe bailed him out against Spain in the finals in the gold medal game in 2008 when LeBron wasn't quite ready for the spotlight. But Carmelo Anthony has played 
more games than any Team USA player ever. He's scored more points than any Team USA player ever. He's gotten more rebounds than every t- any Team USA player ever. And he has more gold medals than any Team USA player ever. And he needs a job in the NBA, and he needs to prove that he can still have a role on a good team and not be the superstar. You're telling me Thaddeus Young and Marcus Smart and Montrez Harrell get looks over Mello? One of the 20 greatest scorers in the history of the league? One of the five or six greatest Team USA international basketball players ever? Who's the winningest Team USA player ever? That's a tremendous oversight by Team USA. I'm a huge fan of international basketball. I love this thing. I geek out over it. But I wish I would have thought of it, frankly. But I don't really get why Team USA could not extend an invitation to Carmelo Anthony. They don't need to be developing Thaddeus Young for Team USA in the future because half these dudes won't be able to be on the team when they're playing in the Olympics in 2020 anyway. So they should have extended it to Melo. What's next? So Jeremy Lin spoke out about his time in NBA free agency, and he is currently unsigned. At an appearance at a basketball clinic in Taiwan this weekend, an emotional Lin went on the record to say, quote, every year it gets harder, and in English there's a saying that once you hit rock bottom, the only way is up. But rock bottom seems just to keep keep getting more rock bottom for me. So free agency has been tough, but I feel like in some ways the NBA NBA is kind of giving up on me, end quote. So he is saying he feels like the like, says the NBA is giving up on him. With that being said, should it give up? Should it give up on him? Well, I would say no because he's still young enough to be productive. Though he couldn't really get in for the Raptors, he averaged three minutes a game throughout the playoffs. I'm no scout, so putting aside whether or not Jeremy Lin at 30 years old has something left to give to the NBA. I find it interesting if you watch that speech and read about it that Jeremy Lin feels like a failure if you read into that speech that he gave. That is, it's just fascinating and it's sad because by any account, any degree of measurement, Jeremy Lin is a wild, overwhelming success. And forget Lin's sanity. Which was really cool. Kid goes to Harvard. Right? He's undrafted. He becomes the first Asian-born player to win an NBA championship, even though he didn't have a big role on the Raptors this past year. He plays in New York, L.A., some of the most iconic franchises in the world. He earned over $65 million playing professional basketball. And he was undrafted, 30 years old. International, global phenom for a time. Still a massive celebrity back home. Like The idea that he could have any feelings of regret and failure and shame over carving out a 10-year NBA career where he peaked at 14 million plus in salary is just mind boggling. And when you think about like the, our expectations for ourselves against professional athletes, like the idea that Jeremy Lin is feeling down on himself. If this is the end of his NBA run is crazy to me. Do I think he could probably make a team? Yeah, sure. 
not a starter, not a meaningful player on a good team, probably. But Jeremy Lin has had a hell of a run and way better run than literally at his position anyone in the history of his country. Jeremy Lin's a legend, man. A legend at the bank and a legend on the court. He has nothing to hang his hat on. Hang his head on. I was sorry to read that speech today. That was tough. What's next? So Brooks Kepka won the WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational this weekend. And as you know, that is not a major tournament in golf. We just had the final major of the year last weekend with the Open Championship. However, with the win, Kepka continues his successful career thus far, have a handful of PGA Tour wins with four of them being majors, his most recent being the 2019 PGA Championship. Is he? And he is currently ranked number one in the world golf rankings. But is he definitely the best player in the world right now? There is no other argument. There, I mean, you, Dustin Johnson's great. Justin Rose is great. Other, It's very talented. Golf is as talented as it has ever been. More talented than it's ever been. Jordan Spieth just in 2015 played some of the greatest golf in the history of the sport. Now can't crack a top five. Like It, it is... It is a ridiculous run of golf right now. But not only is Brooks Kepka the best player in the world, he's also wildly fun. He's got a little happy Gilmore, John Daly counterculture in him that just makes golf fun. He showed up today 45 minutes before his round. He is on the record with not caring about tournaments that aren't majors. And he's on the record without for not practicing unless he's on TV playing golf. He is, and who knows how much of that is true or not, but that persona, that rebel, that bad boy, the, the whole thing, it's just, it makes golf interesting. He talks trash on slow players. He talks trash on unimportant tournaments. He goes out and he hits bombs and he wins. And then he sits front row at the ESPYs with his lady who stole the show. Like, it's just, he is living the damn life right now. So I am a huge Brooks Kepka fan. And I think he's become my second favorite golfer outside of Tiger Woods. And Tiger got me into golf. So it's a hell of accomplishment that Brooks, that Brooks Kepka has on the course and off the course. The persona is just spectacular. Last one. What do you got? Last one. The inaugural Fortnite World Cup took place this past weekend at Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York City, where they hold the Tennis U.S. Open. There was a $30 million prize pool between all the players with the champion, receiving $3 million of that pool. The champion's name is Kyle Buga Giersdorf, and he is 16 years old. 16. How do you feel about a 16-year-old kid winning $3 million by being the first ever world Fortnite champion? Yo. Good for him. Bad for everyone else like you can go to college to play video games now instead of just playing video games in college right like this is a real multi-billion dollar industry so no shame in the game I'm not throwing shade that's all it's good good for the kid I'm glad the tournaments exist esports there's money to be made there's a market for it I don't get watching other people play video games but my nephew loves it. Obsessed with Fortnite, obsessed with those games, YouTube channels, the whole thing. Just because I don't understand it and I wouldn't do it doesn't mean it's not valid. I read a story on Bloomberg about this. 
They quoted Lorraine Mayer, a British behavioral specialist. She said, quote, this game is like heroin, end quote. That's the only problem with what's happening, as I see it. The games are getting so good and so addictive and so competitive and so interactive and so lucrative that we all used to joke, yo, I'd go pro in Mario Kart, bruh. Yo, I'm the best golden eye player ever. You know, you don't want to see me in Tecmo Super Bowl or NFL Blitz or NCAA. But we couldn't go pro in anything. Now these kids actually think they can go pro. And you got 10-year-olds playing for 12 hours a day and behavioral scientists saying it's like heroin. I'm no expert, but that can't be great. So there's unintended consequences of all of this stuff. But, yo, this was played at, what, Arthur Ashe Stadium, New York City, 3 million bucks, 100 Fortnite players. The person who came in 100th place got 50K. And this is no joke big business, so it's not going away. But there are some serious unintended consequences of this addictive video game nature and how much we're all addicted to our screens. I don't know what it's all going to be yet. I just know that it's going to be there. But, yeah, shout out to that 16-year-old man. He said he was going to upgrade his gaming setup. I hope so. $3 million for playing Fortnite. And by the way, none of you wanted to be on the sticks against me in NCAA 2005. I got thank yous to give out. Jerry Cooney was my guest, professional fighter. We talked the dangers of boxing. Antonio Grillo, my executive producer. Marco Belletti on the updates. Alicia Montanero and Dave Edinger kept me on the air. My name is Danny Parkins. Follow me on Twitter at Danny Parkins. This is the Danny Parkins Show. I just said my name a lot. CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.